Welcome to the Fort Bragg PWOC podcast. This semester, we get to do something so exciting. We are introducing corporate worship days. COVID has messed up how we normally have the time of worship and then Bible study. So now we still get our time to worship together. We are so excited to have Steve and Carlene Meyer join us this today to share how God was writing their love story. Thank you so much for listening. I'm officially Hello, ladies online. It's good to see you guys. God has done some mighty miracles this morning already. We are so thankful to be able to see you guys online because that was another catching to get along, but God is good. So this morning, I am so excited that we are going to be able to celebrate God's will in marriage. It's going to be amazing. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Miss Delphine. Welcoming everybody in. And if you haven't seen, we have a whole village worth of bubble wrap back there. We're going to make some music. All right. Welcoming everybody in. Good morning. All right, ladies, I want to start us off with a word this morning. Then sings my I have, it is not by coincidence that the Psalms end with this. Psalm 150, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with tambourine and dancing. Praise him with strings and flute. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So what do you think the moral of this story is? Praise the Lord. That's right. And that's what we need to do. And that's what these corporate worship days are about. There's two or more gathered here. I'm happy to see two or more gathered here. So the Lord is in our presence, right? This is so good. Quick announcements. Can you put the random acts of kindness up there? Ladies that are on streaming watching this, we're getting there. Random acts of kindness. We are going to have a couple of fun activities the next couple of months. Megan is amazing, and her and Jamie put these together. So we are going to love one another. And Jamie has got uh, together with Megan. Megan, you've got a tracker, and you just report it in. And and it's just to help spur each other on. Um, we're, We're trying to come through the other side of all of this staying at home and hiding and all of that. So, you know, write your neighbor a letter. Go visit them. When you're mowing the lawn, you might just mow your elderly neighbor's lawn at the same time or your young mother whose husband has deployed her lawn. Um, Just little things like that. Be intentional. Be intentional with it and, and have those random acts of kindness. Another fun announcement. 
wait for it. All the drum roll. We're getting sweatshirts. We will have hoodies coming in. Woo! And so, I mean, we have had uh, uh, quite the year, but we are going to be celebrating with hoodies. So super amazing. And so now we will be the second service here at Fort Bragg to have hoodies. They should be in. They'll be here within a week. Uh, we're going to throw a suggested donation of $15 on it. And we got sizes from small to 3X and everything in between. And so it'll have the Fort Bragg on there. It's not year dependent. So that way when you go to Germany or you go to Washington State and, and you're there, you're like, yeah, I was part of Fort Bragg PWOC. So, all right. I think that's all for my announcements because we have a very busy year and this is what we're doing. So let's go ahead and pray. And then, Dalila, you and your team go ahead and collect offering while Jamie comes up and, and tells us about our icebreaker. Dear Gracious Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, and we praise you. Thank you for letting us be able to gather here and praise you, Lord. Lord, I woke up this morning. I'm still breathing, so, Lord, I need to praise you. All of us who are in here, we woke up. You still have things to do. And Lord, uh, you love a cheerful giver. As we get ready to collect tithe and offering, as we get ready to enter this time of fun fellowship, uh, we just ask that you bless it and multiply it um, for your good purpose. And dear Lord, we just thank you and we praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. Jamie. Good morning, everyone. Um, thank you guys for coming out. Um, so uh, soon we'll be hearing from our um, beautiful speakers, the Myers, and, and talking about love and talking about grace. And um, obviously our number one needs to be loving God. But who comes after that? It's our spouse. So I want to just kind of play a fun game with you all in order for us to uplift our spouses. We are to show love and respect to our husbands. And by doing that, one way to do that is through words of affirmation. And even if words of affirmation is not his primary love language, give it to him and pour into him, and he will feel it, and he will be better because of it. So I ha we're going to play 20 questions. So does everybody have a handful of bubble wrap? Raise up that bubble wrap. Okay, if you need some, we need at least one up here. Okay, we got some people passing out the, some more bubble wrap. So we have, um, we're going to play 20 questions. So you should have at least 20 bubbles that are not popped on your sheet. So we are going to, I'm going to ask some questions. Some of them are just outright silly. Some of them are just straight-up compliments. We want to lift our husbands up. As women here, we try to find ways that we can connect, and we do that while we're, while we're in chapel service. We do that while we're in life groups. We do that from day to day. But we can also connect with our husbands. So you might hear some fun things about other people's husbands that are in common with your husband, and now you have another connection with that lady. And maybe you could be family friends between the two families. So in these 20 questions, every question is a yes or no. 
if your answer is yes, I want you to pop one bubble. Okay? Just one. Because we have to have enough bubbles for all 20, all 20 questions. Okay? So while you decide if you're going to pop a bubble, be listening to see if other people are popping bubbles. And don't worry, there will be participation prizes. So please be encouraged to participate. Okay. Okay, we got a couple more ladies coming in. Ladies, as I ask questions, you're going to have your bubble wrap. And if the answer is yes concerning your husband, pop one bubble. Here we go. We got 20 of them. My husband has more shoes than me. Oh, my husband drives a minivan. My husband drives a minivan? Nobody? You're my kind of gals. My husband loves bacon. Yay for our husbands. I hate cooking bacon, but he loves it. My husband is really into cars. Me too. My husband plays video games. Okay, got some gamers here. See, these are all life groups that our husbands could have too. Video gaming group. Okay, my husband was born in another country. I heard two. Sweet. Oh, three. Oh, no. <laughs> Okay, my husband sleeps on the left side of the bed. You, okay, I think of it if you're looking at the bed, that's the left. But you make your own decision. You make your own decision. Whatever, if, if you guys consider it left, then it's left. Okay, my husband is the cook in the house. Oh, you guys are lucky. <laughs> My husband makes the bed. You guys have some really great husbands. I'm so happy for everyone. My husband has a hairy chest. My husband is romantic. Oh, you're melting my heart. That's beautiful. My husband is taller than me. My husband prefers boxers over briefs. My husband cries at sappy movies. Uh, let's see. My husband cuts his own hair. My husband takes me on dates. My husband has gray hair. My husband is a handyman. We got some heroes. We got some heroes in here, these husbands of ours. My husband is left-handed. 
Okay, my husband is the life of the party. Awesome. Okay, so believe it or not, that was, in fact, 20 questions. It says in Ephesians 5.33, However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So let's lift our husbands up in those silly little things, his hairy chest. Lift him up. Make him feel good about that. If he likes it or not, make him feel good about it. When, if he's taller than you, say, I really look up to you. And you really mean it. There's compliments and ways to lift our husbands up in every way. So I have some prizes. I have four great prizes. This says, be mine and all that jazz. And it plays some jazz music. I've got some more. Okay, so if your husband plays video games, stand up. So I'm going to use some of the questions we already used. Okay, and I'm going to try to get this narrowed down to four, to four people. Of those... Who, um, of those video gamers, how many of them, um, how many of them is taller than them? Let's keep it big. Let's keep it big. Okay. And of those, how many of them take them on dates? Okay. I would have to sit down for that. We really don't even go on dates, which is sad. Um, Okay. Of those, if your husband cries at sappy movies, remain standing. Okay, how many are we left with? Three? Okay. I'm going to give out some prizes. And um, Amber, can you, uh, I'm going to borrow somebody else. Okay, can you give those to three people? And... uh, I want to know who, whose husband was from another country. It was Cindy and uh, who else? Was it only Cindy? Is she, she's the only one with the... Yeah. Okay. And our participation prize for everyone, everyone, is some ring pops for your marriage, a diamond. So we're, we'll walk around um, at some point in order to pass those out. So thank you all for participating. I'm proud of you and your husbands. Who are the few and the brave, right? Get out here. Um, Sorry, shouldn't have said it. I just want to introduce you to Rachel Townsend, and she is a family member of Delphine with a beautiful voice she's blessing us with today. Um, And, of course, our wonderful Cindy. Enjoy. You unravel me with the melody And you surround me with a song Of deliverance from my enemies Until all my fears have gone I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. 
from my mother's womb you have chosen me you have called my name i've been born again unto family your blood flows through my veins i'm no longer a slave to fear i am a child of god i'm no longer a slave to fear i am a child of god You split the sea so I could walk right through it. You drowned my fears in perfect love. You rescued me and I will stand and sing. I am a child of God. You split the sea so I could walk right through it. You drowned my fears in perfect love. You rescued me and I will stand and sing. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Hallelujah. Thank you for worshiping with us. Let's continue in this worship. Hallelujah. I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night and you tell me that you're pleased and that i'm never alone you're a good good father it's who you are it's who you are it's who you are and i'm loved by you it's who i am it's who i am it's who i am i've heard many searching for answers far and wide but i know we're all searching for answers only you provide because you know just what we need before we say a word you're a good good father it's who you are it's who you are it's who you are and i'm loved by you it's who i am it's who i am it's who i am you're a good good father it's who you are it's who you are it's who you are and i'm loved by you it's who i am it's who i am it's who i am because you are perfect in all of your ways 
You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to us. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to us. Oh, it's love so undeniable. I, I can hardly speak in peace so unexplainable. I, I can hardly think as you call me deeper still as you call me. Deeper still as you call me, deeper still into love, love, love. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am. Amen. Hallelujah. He's such a good father, and he makes us brave because of his love for us. Amen. I stand before you now, the greatness of your renown. I have heard all the majesty and wonder of you, King of heaven, in humility I bow. As your love in wave after wave crashes over me crashes over me you are for us you are not against us champion of heaven you made a way for all to enter in i have heard you calling my name I have heard the song of love that you sing. Whoa, so I will let you draw me out beyond the shore into your grace. Oh, your grace as your love in wave after wave crashes over me, crashes over me. You are for us. You are not against us, champion of heaven. You made a way for all to enter in. You make me brave. You make me brave. You call me out beyond the shore into the waves. You make me brave. You make me brave. No fear can hinder now the love that made a way. 
you make me brave you make me brave and you called me i'll be on the shore into the waves you make me brave you make me brave and no fear can hinder now the promises you've made as your love and wave after wave crashes over me crashes over me you are for us you are not against us champion of heaven you made a way as your love and wave after wave crashes over me crashes over me you are for us you are not against us champion of heaven you made a way champion of heaven you made a way for all to enter in thank you so much for worshiping with us you may be seated. and Let's pray together. Thank you so much, God, that you made a way for us. We could not get to heaven on our own. We are not righteous, Lord. Jesus, you are our righteousness. Thank you for dying on the cross for us, taking the punishment of our sins. And thank you, God, that we are raised to newness of life with you, that we have eternal life and we can be with you, God, and Jesus in heaven. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that just fills us up, Lord, and enables us to love one another the way you have loved us. Thank you so much, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And we are so blessed to have Carla come and speak for us this morning. Good morning. I'm going to use this. My name is Carlene Meyer, and I have been in PwC way before most of you were born. Maybe not, maybe not all of you. Maybe not all of you. Lead, teach, develop, involve. Those are our four aims of PwC. And I want to introduce you to my PwC groupie, my husband, Steve. He has a. <laughs> you might have to move that down a little. He um, he has come with me to conferences. We have done workshops together. He loves PwC as I do, and we're um, we're here this morning. Why are we here today? We'll let Steve tell well, us. Well, uh, first of all, we're going to extend Valentine's Day for one more day. So happy Valentine's Day, <laughs> and. Um, you know, if you listen to the songs we sang, um, he's a good, good father. We know that. And you are loved. We are loved by him. And then the next song says, therefore, we are brave. And I want to give you ladies a shout out because you're some of the bravest people I know. As military spouses, moms, and many of you have served in the military. Um, you're a special group because, um, face it, yeah, we all... Uh, work through life, and there are the scars and wounds of life, there are the sacrifices of life, and you all know what those are. 
and we just want to encourage and bless you today for the calling that you've been called to for such a time as this. Uh, he's a good, good father, but he has also given us purpose, and he's called us into what he's, uh, the challenges that we face. And I just thank you uh, for sacrificing the way you do. And I, I have a, a certain perspective on that, because uh, I grew up in the Army. I was in the Army for almost 30 years, and we've ministered to the Army for another 20 years, and we have a son that's been in the Army for 20 years. So I've been an Army brat, I've been an Army uh, you know, warrior, and I've been an Army dad. And I can tell, which one of those do you think was the hardest? Being an Army dad or an Army mom. Yeah. Right? And uh, there's another element to that. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, there's a new, I don't know, some Supreme Court a case they want to try so that they would prohibit the draft. But the draft will always be there because your spouse volunteered to join the military. You were drafted. Your kids were drafted. And even your parents were drafted into that community, that, that arm, you know, people that have a heart for the military. So we all sacrifice for the higher calling of what we're called to in our country, and we thank you for that. So like I said, we've spent quite a few years around the Army, quite a few years around Fort Bragg. That's why we're back here, center of the universe, you know, and all that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> we do have four adult children, eight grandchildren, and like I said, our son right now is at uh, JBLM Fort Lewis. He's uh, joined the uh, Army three months before something called 9-11, if we can all remember that, right? So that kind of started the clock mm. for he and all those that followed him in this global war on terror. We are also uh, currently now the National Directors for the Military Ministry of Crew, okay. which is Campus Crusades Ministry to the military, U.S. military. So we've got uh, staff all across the United States, and we get to go out and just visit and uh, encourage all of our staff out there in the field. One of the things we get to do, incredible opportunity, is we are at every basic lo uh, training location in the U.S. for all the services. And they have in the curriculum for basic training one hour for worship, one hour for religious education. And we have a, uh, volunteers that preach the gospel and talk about what it means to be a Christian to people come into the military, and about 75% of the people we touch have never been to church or are not regular churchgoers and have never heard the good news. Incredible opportunity. Mm -hmm. But for today, we're here to lean in uh, to you and um, celebrate Valentine's Day, maybe in just kind of a little bit different way. <laughs> Thank you, sweetheart. Well, we have a couple of stories. You know, there, there's always... There's always um, a good, a good way to hear a good story about God's work in your life. And so it really starts with our marriage. Um, we got married, like many of us who have been in the Army, and, and you guys too, we got married between Airborne and Ranger School on a cold, cold November day. And that actually is us. So if you want to see what 48 years looks like, there's where it began, and, there's, and here's where it is now. And so, be, because we got married between Airborne and Ranger School, we had no pre-marriage, we had no understanding, we were terrifically young 
when we got married. And um, God really did a work, but it took a while. Um, yeah, so, you know, but we did get married in the cadet chapel. It was a combined oh, yeah. service, Catholic and Protestant service, one of the first ones. We had both a Catholic priest and a <laughs> chaplain, Father Easterling. Uh -huh. And uh, we were committed to our vows. We believed, and we swore before God what marriage was all about. We believed it, uh, but we decided to go out and execute it on our own. Yeah, just like every, you know, uh, we were young. I was a young lieutenant out to conquer the world, so off we went into the military. <laughs> well, about five years passed, and we were okay. We were still li living pretty much single lives uh, because we were stationed in Hawaii. That was a big party place. Mm -hmm. And we had many friends that came with us to Hawaii. So it was not the ideal place to grow your marriage. And then we ended up here at Fort Bragg at about year five. And so um, we started to have a lot of trouble. There was a lot of um, discontent on my part, unbeknownst to Steve. Yeah, so, you know, there's a saying that your uh, commander or your boss can draw you to God or drive you to God. And in my case, I had a battalion commander that was driving me to God. Um, I love the Army. You know, I love being an airborne ranger and all that cool kind of stuff. But I had put all my eggs in that, my, uh, my life worth in that basket, and I had ignored God. And so we were deployed to the National Training Center, and um, I was having another rough time with my boss, and I walked out into the desert, uh, and this was when the NTC had no buildings. It was just literally, you know, <laughs> could have been the Negev or something from the Bible. Sat down on a rock, and God showed up. He just showed up to me in a light, and he said, I am. I didn't know at the time that was his name. He was just introducing himself, you know. Um, but the, his point was, I am not a God in heaven. I am a God that's here for you. And at that time, I came to know the Lord, five years into being in the military. A guy named Chaplain Vicalvi was a brand new chaplain that many of you may know. And so I was teaching him how to walk around in the woods, and he was teaching me about what it meant to have a relationship with Jesus. At this same time, I was back here at Fort Bragg. Now we have two babies. We had bought a house. We had a new car. We had everything the world said that I should be happy, mm -hmm. but I was not happy. And in fact, I was planning on how to leave Steve. I was about to tell him when he came back from NTC that the marriage was over. It was a dead marriage. Um, I was very discontented. I had expectations that he could not meet, and I had expectations on myself that I could not meet. And I know this is a, this is a story that many of us can relate to. And at that same time, we think around the same 24-hour period, as I sat on the couch crying on a cold November rainy night, which actually reminded me of my wedding day, um, in my head was this sentence, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. And I remembered that from our vows. But I said, I can't do this anymore. And just... I guess this was the Holy Spirit. I would say, yes, it was the Holy Spirit. We had a big bookcase, ceiling to floor, and in it was one little Bible that Steve, was an issued Bible to Steve when he was in school. 
And it was like a little gold arrow was pointing to that Bible. And when I took it off the shelf and I opened it, it opened to Psalm 40. And today, if anybody looks at version, the version Bible, today's verse of the day is the exact verse that I read. I waited patiently for the Lord. And I was waiting because we had an understanding of God, but we didn't know how to blend these two backgrounds that we both had. And we didn't know what to do with our kids. So I was waiting for God to answer, how do we go to church? How do we do this? How do we do this life that, that we're both cultural Christians at this point, right? I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. Well, that got my attention. I was crying. And he, set, he lifted me up out of the miry bog in the pit. And you must remember that God always has a sense of humor because my last name is Meyer, and my marriage was in the bog and the pit. And that, that's exactly what I, heard, what I thought about in my head. And then the next part of that verse says, and set my feet upon the rock to make my steps secure. And it was a Holy Spirit moment where the Lord said, if you turn your life over to me, if you allow me to be in control of your life, I will take care of your marriage. And so that's exactly what happened. So basically, 3,000 miles apart, the Lord took, separated us to speak to us personally first, so then we could come back and, and work on our marriage. I would like to say, at that moment when Steve returned home, that everything was fine. But that is not true. I was an angry woman for many years. In fact, even 10 years later, I, um, was at, we were at a marriage conference. And it was a civilian marriage conference. And of course, what were they saying? That you should date your husband every week. And I turned to Steve and said, I'm done. This is not helping me. I'm just getting angry all over again. I can't hear this. I can't hear what they're saying here. So God did a great work in my heart and in Steve's heart. When we learned the biblical tools of what a marriage really should look like God's way. So that was it. <laughs> but I have something to tell you. What I learned, not until maybe, now remember, we're married 48 years, so not until 15 years ago did I pick up this book called The Praying Wife and I started praying it. I read it maybe twice, but every, there's 30 attributes for your husband. Is everyone familiar with this book? Like, it doesn't look like this. If anybody needs one, we have them here. And we have the military version, which is just the cover is different. But I, I've, you know, taped this together for a very, a very special reason. Under his health, um, along the way, so 20, 20 years ago, I really started reading this book and putting it into place because there were so many things that we were still tripping over. I wanted control. He wanted respect. We were in this crazy cycle. Before Egridge wrote the book, we were in the crazy cycle. We didn't know what to call it, but we knew it was the crazy cycle, right? And so in this book, there's a, there's a, uh, a prayer for his health. And along the way, we found out that Steve has a kidney disease and that he would... Be, he would eventually have to be on dialysis if he could not find a kidney donor. But before that, before that time, under his health, I wrote that he would never have kidney failure 
and I wrote it in 2008, and I just put it in the margin of this book. So the day came when we had to go to UNC. We lived here, and it was time to talk to the transplant people. And we sat there for three hours. They gave us an orientation. You get, you get on a list, and we learned a lot of things about donations that we never knew we would have to know about. And at the break, we went to lunch, and we were eating, kind of in shock about everything they told you what, what we needed to do. But there was one thing I remembered, which the lady had said, if you have the same blood type, even if you're positive or negative, you could be, you could be a potential match. And, you, and, and for, for kidneys, and, um, it's good to have a live donor. It works with a deceased donor. These are the things that we learned. And I looked at Steve across the table, and I said, honey, I'm B positive, and you're B negative. I could be your donor. And the two of us just started to cry. And I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew at that very moment, surprised by grace, that I was Steve's donor. Now, we had to go through 15 to 25 tests over a period of a year. So not only did he not go into kidney failure, because we were able to pick the day that we would have our, we call it the kidney transfer. Um, and so we picked that day, and Steve never went on dialysis. And so that was our, our first surprise by grace. Actually, our second, our first was our salvation, was it not? And the second was the fact that I was um, Steve's kidney donor. So five years ago, the come July, Steve's, my kidney lives inside of Steve. And so. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, th there's so much to that story, uh, I think you can go back to the good, good father, right? Because part of his being a good, good father is he knows us, he created us, he knows what we need, and he provides for us. And uh, that, that kidney plane landed just in time. You know, I was probably within two weeks of needing a dialysis or something like that. And uh, just a humorous story, um, we named well, I'll go into a little bit, a little bit of detail here. A little, it's kind of guy talk, but it is the truth. So when you get your new kidney, the big question is, is does it work? You know, does everything kick in like it's supposed to? And basically, they're just pumping IVs through you and measuring throughput and all that. So the night of the kidney transfer, the night, uh, right afterwards, the night nurse comes in and says to me, we're, we had to be in separate rooms. The night nurse comes into me and she goes, honey, you are pissing like a racehorse. <laughs> Sorry, that's a quote. You're allowed to say that if it's somebody else that said it. It's a quote. <laughs> it's a quote from this nurse. She was a great nurse. And then the next morning, you know, uh, the doctor that did our transplant was the head of all nephrology. So he had his whole band of, you know, interns and residents. And it was like a platoon coming into your room, you know. And he had his lead scouts out to, you know, ask questions, and then he would interrogate them. So this young doctor comes in, and he goes, well, sir, uh, we've just run your numbers, and I want you to know you've got a champion kidney. <laughs> and so I said, racehorse, champion, let's name the kidney secretariat. <laughs> and we did. So... 
the next day, when the big crowd came in, it was like, how's Secretariat doing? And uh, we actually went back at our one-year anniversary, which is kind of your graduation, and had a cake from Secretariat to the uh, staff at, at UNC. It's just part of the story. But, but let me just be honest with how compelling this is. First of all, if Carlene had been at any other hospital, she would not have been considered as a donor because she was over 55, 64 at the time. And she had to go to like a ranger school to see if she was healthy enough to be a donor. And they try to fail you out. They look for any possible reason to disallow you being a donor. And God worked all of that out. But look at it from, you know, from my perspective. Uh, it's just a, an example of what sacrificial love means. And, and I always want to acknowledge my sweetheart for a life of sacrifice for her family and for me. And this kidney is like this kind of the culmination of that perspective. But do you see how God was able to use that and work all that together for good? So if you look at our story, we took our covenant vows when we got married. We took our spiritual becoming three-chord strand with Christ in the center of our marriage five years later. And it took us another 40 years to become one flesh. So... Carlene can leave me, but I can't leave her. And uh, it's kind of a serious responsibility, you know? Uh, anyway. Um, I just want to say, though, at that time when, I, when we came to salvation, I was at a crossroads, and I could have picked leaving him. And look what would have not happened. And, and these stories are salvation, this kidney story. These are unique stories to us, but they are not unique to God in every single one of your lives. The surprise by grace is, can you see the grace in your marriage? Can you persevere through the many tests? I mean, I had these physical tests, and I had marriage tests. When I say to you, I did not really get, understand nor get serious about my marriage until like year 20, I mean, it is hard, hard mm -hmm. work to make your marriage work. And it is a complete, <laughs> complete submission to the Lord first. And it's complete, not complete. As it, we're in transformation. We are a work in progress. But God wants you to know personally how much he loves you, how much he lavishes his love on you. That, was, that kidney story is an example of lavish love, but that lavish love God has for every one of you, every one of us, every day. Did I jump no, ahead? No. Uh, so I want to finish the rest of the kidney story. So, oh. you know, sometimes we're saved from our sin, right? We're saved from our sin to a life of obedience and purpose and identity in Christ. You know, so it's kind of safe from, but what to? And so right after we went through the kidney transfer, uh, God said to me and both of us, uh, this was not just for you. I have a calling, for, another calling for you. This is after the military, and I'd worked in business for 13 years, and we had our own ministry. Uh, he said, um, I'm calling you for a time to be in a position, back in a position of leadership. And so that's when we stepped into full-time, being full-time missionaries with crew military, now the national directors. So he, he saved us from and returned us to full health and then called us yet again to a season of serving him. Purpose mm -hmm. for everything. Mm. 
So I want to read I, Ephesians. Yeah, I want to. I want to bring us to Ephesians. I, I know you guys don't probably don't have your Bibles, and I didn't get it up on the screen. But it. Okay, we have. A, okay, Ephesians two, four through ten, and think about the stories that we just told you when when we read these verses. But because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. I had a dead marriage, and God helped me. It is by grace you have been saved, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Seated us in the heavenly realms with Christ Jesus. That's where we are. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works so that anyone can boast. Many of us, when we come and understand Christian faith, we think we have to work. No, God does the work in us through the Holy Spirit. So, we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So that part, I mean, we like that verse. A lot of us like to talk about for we are God's handiwork. But those works that God prepared for us to do are um, in advance. It's a treasure hunt. It is those random acts of kindness, but we just have to look and see what God has prepared. It's not everything. I promise you, it is not everything that God is calling you to, but he has special works, and he has saved you to something. There's a destiny for each one of you that God has prepared beforehand. And so. Yeah, so if you look at the uh, word love, you know, agape love, a good synonym for agape love, there's many, is sacrifice. That it's a sacrificial love. There's other kinds of love in the Greek, but the, the agape love is used rarely outside of the one area of the Bible because it meant an intense sacrificial love. That's what God's agape love is for us. So uh, we've talked about the sacrificial life, and then there's looking at life as being surprised by the grace that is being extended to us. I mean, everything is not going to, you know, we all know this. It's not all, you know, oh, if you become a believer, everything, all of life's problems are going to go away and all that. No, life is still going to come at you fast. But you're going to have a different way of seeing it in a, way, in a different way of living it. And that is being surprised by God's grace. Mm-hmm. And then finally, this idea of, of everything we're saved from, there's always a saved to. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it, it's like a victory march. It is like Ephesians 2.10, you know, finding those things that God's prepared beforehand that we walk in them, which does his work. But while we're doing his work, we're building up our faith and character at the same time. And he works all those things together because he's a good, good father. Yes, he is. <laughs> and I'm loved by him. Yes. That's who I am. Mm-hmm. And that's who you are. And so we'll have one more story, but before we go to it, I want to pray for us. Mm -hmm. I want to pray because there is one good work that you can do every day, and that is to pray for your marriage and pray for your spouse. We are passionate about marriage, and our story is everyone's story. He wants to be the center of your marriage. So I want to say a prayer. If you 
are done with your marriage, if you're tired of the deployments and the loneliness and the isolation, there is a good, good father. Not like your heavenly, not like your earthly father, if you didn't even have a good earthly father. Heavenly father, when you learn the attributes of God, your heavenly father is perfect. So I want to pray a recommitment prayer for your marriages and for you. So let's pray. And then Steve has a, just a very traumatic story to him that will make you laugh. Okay, so let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, you are a good, good Father. And we are, we are loved by you. And Father, I want to pray for everyone. Everyone here in the room, everyone online, Lord, I want to pray, pray and ask you, Father, that we would lay our lives out before you, that we lay out our marriages before you, and we say, Lord, be our azer helper. Be our helper in this marriage. Help us to respect our husbands. Help us even more so to submit to you and your ways each and every day, that you would be Lord of our lives, that you, Holy Spirit, will teach us, will encourage us, will help us, will deliver us, will heal us, in the ways that we need healing in our marriage. And I pray in Jesus' name that every marriage that needs healing, Lord, that you will begin to speak to their hearts, that you would open up their hearts and help them to see how much you love them, how you lavish love on them. And just like our kidney story, you are there, Lord. You go before them. You go with us. You, you are behind us. And I pray very earnestly right now for every marriage. Father, you want us to succeed in marriage. You want us to be holy. You have designed marriage to make us holy, not really happy, but along with the holiness, there will be times of happiness. So Father, I also pray anyone who's in a trial right now, Lord, that you would be with them, that you would uphold them with your mighty right hand, that you would give them peace that passes understanding. So we love you, Lord. We thank you. We believe by faith that we are saved by grace, and it is grace that abounds in our life and in our marriage. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, <laughs> I'm glad Valentine's Day is over, almost. We'll count it over after we finish here this morning. Do you know that there are four days that every man fears? May happen four days every year. Do you know what they are? Well, Valentine's Day, that's a hint. Your wife's birthday, your anniversary, and Mother's Day. <laughs> and this is why it's so scary for us men. Number one, we could forget. <laughs> we, do, we do forget. That, that's not good. Have forgotten. Let's we have forgotten. Let's conjugate the verb. And, we forget. And we, and we will forget, yes. <laughs> uh, the second thing is, there's this set of rising expectations. So whatever you did for Valentine's Day last year, this year has to be a little better. Well, I'm on going on 49. I'm exhausted. I, I'm hoping I can forget. But, but so you all know what I'm talking about, right? Those are, those are days of uh, uh, exciting opportunity and challenge. So I want to tell you about probably one of my best and worst Valentine's days. It was several years ago, we were living in uh, uh, Virginia, and it was, it was just exactly like this Valentine's Day was. Cold and rainy, and uh, 
I'm heading home from work. It's about an hour's drive. And I remembered that I forgot Valentine's Day. So it's 5.30 at night, and I'm in a pickle because there's not a whole lot between me and home. Uh, but I said, oh, I'll just go into like Farm Fresh or Food Lion, and I'll get one of those bouquets of flowers. 5.30 on Valentine's Day? Not. So I walked into the Farm Fresh, and they did have a bouquet of roses, but it was laying in the aisle and had been run over by about 10 carts. I was even thinking of getting the rose petals and like putting them in a plastic bag or something. But no. So there was one opportunity left on my way home, and it was Lowe's home, you know, not the Lowe's food store, but the hardware store. And I said, oh, I'll go in there and I'll get her a plant. And I went in, and there were plants, but there was not a flowered plant to be seen. And I'm, I'm now beginning to sweat. My hands are sweaty, and, and uh, it's now about 6 o'clock. And I went into the, you know, outdoor area, and there were bare root roses. Now, does anyone know, you know what bare root roses are? There's a box, got a picture with two little, two, three sticks sticking out of it. I said, well, they're roses. So, I got four roses. I'm uh, checking out. And the lady at the checkout counter goes, you're not going to give these for Valentine's Day, are you? And there was a lady behind me. I said, well, yes, I am. But, you know, sometimes fear will, will spark creativity in a man. So as I was driving, I was thinking, how am I going to, what am I going to do? And there were four roses I bought. There were four colored roses. There was a red rose, a pink rose, a white rose, and a yellow rose. Bush. Well, there were pictures of those roses. There was no rose. And so I thought I'd try this out on the lady that was checking. I said, well, you don't understand. I'm going to plant these roses outside Carlene's kitchen window so she'll have roses every day. And the, these four colors, and I'm, I'm writing a poem about the four colors of the roses. And I want to share that with you. I said, you see, the red rose is for uh, Carlene's love and passion. And you might say from God's perspective, it's God is God's passionate and lavish love for each one of us. From 1 John 3.1, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. And then I said, and the pink rose is for her beauty. And, um, you know, each one of us is uniquely made. But when you think of what God has spoken over us from Psalm 139, I'm just going to read part of it here. He made you beautiful and unique in his eyes, and he is a good, good father. And he says this, uh, David's reflecting what God has said. For you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in that secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body, and all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How could you not be beautiful 
from that. And so the pink rose represents beauty. And then the white rose is wholeness and holiness, dignity and strength, from Zephaniah 3.17. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. And then finally, really very much the military rose, the yellow rose, the victory rose, the waiting rose. And 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 9 says this, But we have this treasure in jars of clay, and that treasure is the gospel, to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. Because he is a good, good father, and he has a plan for us. So Steve brought a gift for all of you. And me. I did too. So in a little... So, I'm making up for 48 Valentine's Day. I didn't do so well on... So there are two ways, and we have this too. There are two ways of thinking about this. Number one, those represent the love that we have in our physical, our earthly marriage, with our between husband and wife. But there also, since God uses the marriage and the example to show His love for us. Um, that this also represent the love of your good, good father to you. And we just want to wish you a happy Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. And I think Jamie has some fun for us. So, and I think we're going to need the roses. So I would say everyone can take two in the room here. And then um, Jamie, I don't know where she is. Oh, there you are. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you all for um, spending time with us. We appreciate you all. And yeah. we love you. So... We've got also the, the roses, what they mean Next up here, here, if you want to take that. Yeah. When you, you take, and take a, the, your favorite color rose or two. Or two, yeah. I think we can take two, right? Yeah. Okay. Everyone, thank you both. That was beautiful. So I'm a, I'm a sappy one for some love. Love is always on my mind. That's just my heart. Crazy about my husband, crazy about God, who is the best example of love. Um, so a scripture in Revelation 19.7, Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Who is the bride? The church. Us. Together. A bride is beautiful. Aren't we wretched? But we're beautiful. Like, oh my goodness, saved by his grace. So surprised by grace was even, even their topic here. Okay, we are beautiful to him. Doesn't that just kind of make you go, what? How? How? But he sees it. We are his image bearers. So uh, we're going to play a game, I guess you could call it, an activity, something fun. And remembering that we are his bride. 
So, I don't know how long you guys have been married, but I know we all like those movies where there's a beautiful wedding scene and everybody sees the bride as the doors are open and you're like, ah, right? Super fun, super fun. That gets to be us today. We're going to have some fun, okay? So I'm sure everybody's wondering why the bubble wrap. There was more to it than our 20 questions. I hope you had fun with that, but there's more to it. Okay, we are going to make wedding dresses. But because we are his bride. Okay, together we're going to be his bride here at All-American Chapel. And our dresses are going to be beautiful. And God's going to be so proud of us. They're going to be made of red bubble wrap. Red His grace, his love, his blood, red is beautiful to him. So we have have supplies, we have props. So thank you to both of the Myers. um, They provided us with beautiful roses. That's going to be some props. We have the ring pops. Those are props. Use them if you want to. What we're going to do, I think we're going to break into groups of three. And we have stations back there for supplies. You do not have to remain standing by those tables. Grab up your stuff and come up on the stage. Go off to the side. Go into a hallway. Just grab your stuff. We don't have to be all crowded back there. That's just where everything is stationed at, your supplies. So you have a bunch of bubble wrap. You have duct tape. You have scissors. And you have yarn. Of your three people... One person is going to be designated as the bride. And the other two ladies and gentlemen will be the matron of honor. And together, that one person out of your group of three, one person is going to be dressed and created into a wedding dress so everybody can work together, your team of three, in order to make a beautiful wedding dress, be creative, have fun. We can have some bows. We can have some frill, whatever you want to do to create such a masterpiece. God's going to love it no matter what it looks like. And for your matron of honors, you guys can make bouquets. You can make some extra trains. You can... You can do up your hair, whatever you want to do with these supplies. But there will be, out of every group, there will be one bride, and then the other two ladies, you can have whatever extra that you want. There will be a 10-minute countdown that we will have on the screen here. You have only 10 minutes to do this. Be as elaborate or as simple as you want to be. At the end of the 10 minutes, everybody because everybody is a participant, either a bride or a matron of honor, we are going to have the wedding march playing. As soon as that 10 minutes hits, we are going to have a parade. So we are going, so everybody, because everybody is a participant, we are going to have a parade around the sanctuary and the fellowship hall to the wedding march. We are his bride. We are beautiful. Every bit of it's recorded. Okay, and we'll take photos. So be proud of your masterpieces. God is proud. 
You are his image bearer. He loves our creativity. There's no way to do it wrong, okay? Exactly. So, remember you have props if you want to use them. We have roses. We have ring pops. We'll have extra ring, co- ring pops back there. You have bubbles. You have yarn. You have um, scissors. And uh, anything else that you see, you know, in the chapel, you're welcome to use as long as you return it and don't hurt it. Okay? But when the 10 minutes is up, you're going to hear a siren, and then we're going to have a parade so everybody can line up and do your march and be proud. Okay? So, everybody stand up. We're going to break into groups of three. Get to your nearest person or, or get excited and run across the sanctuary and grab somebody that you don't know. Jenny! Hi, Jenny! Or four. We- for listening to Protestant Women of the Chapel, Fort Bragg. We are workers together for Christ. If you've been inspired, please share our podcast with those who could use a good word.